Instant reaction, WrestleMania 36, night one. Oh, boy. Well, if you followed me on Twitter tonight, you would think I liked the show, that I enjoyed the show, that I found it to be entertaining. I mean, it's been about three minutes since night one ended, since the Undertaker AJ Styles horror movie ended. And I just, I can't get the stank out of my mind. I mean, this was terrible. This was, this was so, so, so freaking bad. The music, the, I'm trying to think of the words. The music is the first thing that jumps out at me. Like it's a horror movie. Just everything about Undertaker AJ Styles was god awful. There was not one redeeming quality. You want to tell me Metallica was a redeeming quality? Three years from now, it'll be edited out on the WWE Network. So I hope you enjoyed the music. It won't last three years from now. Ooh, it's it's Biker Taker. It's the American Badass. Who gives a... American Badass wasn't that good to begin with. And then I think in the end, he's the dead man again. You know what? I, okay, I got two good things. You know what? Before I start destroying it some more, two positives. AJ Styles' entrance was kind of cool because you think it's The Undertaker and he jumps out of the hearse and he's laughing, so that was okay. And then when The Undertaker kept asking AJ Styles, what's my wife's name? And my response was Sarah. I mean, that was what I was thinking about. Then I remembered, oh, wait, he's married to Michelle McCool now. And he had the the Sarah tattoo removed. That was just garbage. That was garbage. It wasn't good. It wasn't wrestling. It wasn't entertaining. There was no redeeming quality to it. Is AJ Styles dead now? I mean, they end the show with his his glove coming out of the, the cemetery, out of the grave, which is dark. And look, the Buried Alive matches, which they've had before, they were all dark, but this one, I don't know, mainly because it was on a graveyard, I guess. It was just, it was effed up. I don't like anything about it. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I got to tell you, because overall, there are a lot of aspects of this show I liked. And let's get the obvious out of the way. It's it's a very awkward event. And we know that. We know there can't be a WrestleMania with a crowd in attendance. And so you got two options. You can just cancel it and you can shut down WWE programming or you can make the best of the situation. And I'm in favor of making the best of the situation, not because for me and maybe a lot of people out there were looking for any kind of entertainment with the sports world shutting down. And, you know, really, you want to be informed about what's going on around you, but you also don't want to watch the news all day long. Okay, you can't do that. It'll make you go nuts. And so, sure, there's an aspect of it that says, hey, they're giving us some entertainment, but I like the idea of if you can pull this off in a safe way, Make the best of it. You know, we do a sports talk radio show on a sports talk radio station, and there's no sports going on. And I hope that you enjoy what we're doing, whether it's Joe and I or anybody else on the station. But what we're all trying to do is make the best of a situation. We're not shutting down. We're not saying, okay, no sports talk radio. There's no sports to talk about. We're taking an approach to doing it. And I like the fact that if it can be done in a safe way, the WWE said the show must go on. And here's the the part that probably made me hate the AJ Styles Undertaker match the most. I found the show to be entertaining. And, 
you know, maybe it took a while, but I started getting used to the fact that there was no crowd there. And trust me, we all get it. The crowd is a huge part of pro wrestling, probably a bigger part of pro wrestling than it is a baseball game or an NBA game. I can't say a football game quite yet. I got fo- I'm trying to take the idea of an empty stadium football game out of my mind. But look, we know the impact a crowd makes on a football game, on how the loudness could cause an offense to have delay of game penalties and false starts. I'm not saying it doesn't make an impact in that regard or a crowd can rattle a pitcher, but you could have the sport without a crowd. And honestly, we may get it. And I think it's going to be okay. Wrestling's different because wrestling is performance art. You know, wrestlers are almost taught to react to the crowd. You know, they're putting their arm in the air. They're pumping the crowd up. They're trying to get heat. They're trying to get love. And so over the last three weeks, as WWE and AEW have had these empty arena matches and shows, it's been weird. And tonight was weird. But I got to tell you, I think by the time, I'd say the Becky Lynch-Shayna Baszler match went on, I was used to it. And there were aspects of the empty crowd that I started to like. And I started to think to myself two hours in, you know what? They can have this show go on for a while. And I'm not just talking WrestleMania. I'm talking Raws and SmackDowns. If they just all get used to it, and stop playing to the crowd and you know, maybe think of other creative ways to, to kind of get past the fact there's nobody in the stands, kind of like what AEW has done. And even a little bit what WWE did on night one with Gronkowski being there and him and Mojo cheering the guys on that maybe we can get used to this. And, you know, this could work for a few months. But then they pull this Undertaker AJ Styles garbage. They were so excited we can film this off site. It sucked. It was awful. Now, let me get to the rest of the show. The entrance, or not the entrance, the beginning of the show with the America, the beautiful compilation was awesome. It was WWE production at its finest. The intro to WrestleMania was god-awful. I didn't even know what was going on. Obviously, they're playing off the whole pirate ship, buccaneer thing because it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium. But outside of that, the, the the entrance or the intro for the show after that was really weird. But the America the Beautiful compilation was off the charts. They took a little bit of everybody over the years. I thought that was really, really cool. I think the Stephanie McMahon, you know, welcoming us and talking about the quotes, uh, current circumstances. You know, I thought it was necessary. It was needed. You know, we all know this is a different kind of WrestleMania. We all know that what she said is true. Hey, the show must go on or we're doing it to entertain and all that, all that great stuff. So I like the beginning. Gronk is very, very awkward. Here's the thing about Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski in the ring may be really good. I have no idea. We haven't seen him wrestle. And I think his whole plan is that he signed with the WWE to be a wrestler. But his mic skills, just, they're, they're terrible. And he's awkward, and he's doofy, and I don't know, who am I to call anybody doofy? I understand. The line about, I know how to start a party on a Saturday night and ended 30 hours later, that was good. That was funny. I mean, I'm sure Boston Sports Talk Radio may cut that clip and play it, because it is funny, and it's very Gronk-like, but he's he's just not good on the mic. He's not. And look, he's a pro wrestler. So I don't know. I mean, he could turn himself into a great professional wrestler. You know what I'm very curious, though, about watching Gronk? Right now, Rob Gronkowski is in the same awkward spot everybody else is in. And that's the fact that there is no crowd. How would the crowd react to Rob Gronkowski? 
I mean, my my feeling is, and I, I can't prove this, and I guess we'll find out once we get back to wrestling shows with crowds in attendance. I think he's going to get booed everywhere. You know, that was my thought. I mean, I know he's a likable guy, and he is. I admit, Rob Gronkowski is a likable guy. He's a likable doofus, and maybe that's the shtick. But that's really who he is. But he's a patriot. You know, he's a New England patriot. And, you know, I know the whole Tampa aspect, I guess, is kind of weird because now their leader, their main man is a former patriot and Tom Brady. But I'm thinking about every arena across the country. I, I would think he's going to get booed. And so I, I am fascinated to see how they use Rob Gronkowski moving forward. Right now, he's just, you know, he's a doofy nimrod. That's all he is. But moving forward, what happens? Now, let's get to the matches. Uh, the opening match was the women's tag team title match, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Asuka and Carrie Sane. This match distracted me. This is when, and I don't know if it was them or if it was, okay, we're getting used to the fact that WrestleMania is not in front of a crowd, but there was way too much noise coming from the wrestlers in the ring to the point where I couldn't hear JBL. I couldn't hear Michael Cole. Maybe that's a good thing, especially with JBL tonight. He was way off his game. But I did find myself very distracted by the noises coming in the ring, which started to make me think, you know, maybe they could have the announcers literally broadcasting in a different room, kind of like a press box, excuse me, like you have in the NBA and you have in, well, not in the NBA, but in baseball, you're broadcasting. Baseball and football is the great example where you've got the broadcast crew coming from a press box only because then we don't have to hear the sound from the ring. Because the sound from the ring is distracting. Not only the wrestlers, but the, I guess, the, the body slams and the punches. and the It's just way too loud. Now, throughout the show, and I'll mention it, there are moments where things the wrestlers are saying are kind of funny. But in this match, it was a bunch of screaming, and it wasn't good. It was an overall okay match. Bliss and Cross win the women's tag team titles. The next match was Elias and Baron Corbin. I... The problem with this match, and there's a few on the card like this, I don't care. I don't really like either guy. I don't see a big future in either guy. Baron Corbin, for the most part, has been getting X-Pac heat. And Elias, his thing with the guitar, it's been a thing for a while, but as a wrestler, don't really have an interest in it. It was an okay match. Elias, it looked like pulled the tights to get the victory, beats Baron Corbin. Corbin seemed pissed off about it. This was the shocker. Of all the things that happened... On this card on night one, I would say this is my biggest surprise. And that was Becky Lynch defeating Shayna Baszler to retain the women's, the Raw Women's Championship. There, there are so many reasons why, A, I'm stunned, but also, B, it was a stupid call. You know, sometimes surprises are good. Sometimes surprises make no sense. This makes no sense. Becky has been the Raw Women's Champion for a full year. That is, that's an incredible run. That's a great, great run. And she's defending the title a lot. It's not as if she's had a one-year run and she's fought four or five times. I know she was Becky Two-Belt for a while, so she did drop the SmackDown Women's title after last year's Mania. She's had a full-year run. Is she as hot today as she was a year ago with the crowd? Probably not. No, I think she's lost a little bit of steam. I know it's tough to tell now because there are no crowds, but she's still a, a big star, no doubt. They have built up Shayna Baszler in what do I got to admit is a great way. As somebody, and I get crap for this, but I'm honest, as somebody that's not invested in NXT, doesn't watch NXT, a lot of these characters are all new to me. 
and the way they built up Shayna Baszler from Survivor Series to especially what they did in the Elimination Chamber. And I mentioned that on the Elimination Chamber Instant Reaction podcast. I loved it. She she destroyed everybody. In all the Elimination Chamber matches ever, we've never seen one person dominate the way she did. I didn't love the whole thing where she's biting Becky and causing her to bleed. That whole thing was ridiculous. But outside of that, her build's been amazing. And so two things. Number one, Becky wins. That shouldn't have happened. And number two, the win kind of came out of nowhere. Baszler's got her submission move. What do they call it? The Karabuda or something like that? The Karabuti, the Karabuda. And she's got the move in. And then Becky kind of flips over and gets the pin. It was kind of a cool move, but it really felt like it came out of nowhere. And I don't know if they're going for a, hey, let's get Becky to get the victory, but keep Shayna strong. Maybe that's what they were going for, but I got to tell you, it didn't work. The way to keep Shayna strong was to have her win. It's very simple. Have her win. You want to have a few more matches between these two? That's fine. Becky deserves a rematch. But to have Becky Lynch beat her, especially in that kind of random way, I thought that was a shocking booking decision and a stupid booking decision. I hope for Shayna Baszler's case, she could recover. The other one, that was stunning. I'm not as anti it, even though I should be, was Sami Zayn retaining the IC title against Daniel Bryan. Because as I mentioned on the Elimination Chamber Instant Reaction podcast, Sami Zayn has won one match in like five months, right? And so he randomly wins the Intercontinental title against the future Universal title holder. We'll get to that in a second. And now he's fighting Daniel Bryan, who's awesome. He's over. And I know wins and losses may not matter that much to Daniel Bryan. But it was odd to put the belt on Zayn to begin with. Is he really going to beat Daniel Bryan? I didn't expect it. I figured Bryan gets the victory. He becomes IC champion. And eventually him and Gulak, you know, someone turns on someone. And they have a pretty good little feud for the Intercontinental title. And nothing about this match told me Bryan was going to lose. The first four or five minutes of Sami Zayn trying to avoid the fight, which was kind of interesting. Way to kill time, I guess. But really building up the whole aspect that he's a chicken ass, you know? And then he's about to take the count out. Brian's about to let him go. Runs out, gets him, bring him back, brings him back in the ring. I know there was a little bit of outside interference, but for the most part, it was sort of a clean victory. Daniel Bryan's on the top rope. He comes down. Sami Zayn kicks him in the head and pins him. That was very surprising. I guess they figure with Daniel Bryan, it doesn't matter. That he is so... Loved by the crowd, even, again, I know there's no crowd, but you know what I mean. Loved by the people that wins and losses don't matter to him that much. I thought it would have been a good call for Brian to win because I think it would have helped the Intercontinental title, that ugly-looking belt that really needs to look better. But, hey, here's where I'd say it's it's okay. What are you doing with Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn's a good wrestler. I know that. The fact he hasn't been booked to have win matches in the last five months doesn't mean he's not a good wrestler. It means, is he going to wrestle? Is he going to defend the title? I understand he's a heel right now. Is he going to win matches? I mean, if they're going to keep the belt on him and let him become kind of this effective chicken-ass heel, then I think it's totally fine. But I was very surprised by that booking decision. Then we've got, this is original. Everything about this is original. The triple threat singles match for the tag team title. They did not do enough. And you'll see this in the Roman Reigns discussion. To mention that hey. Some guys may not be able to fight tonight. Now they explained the Miz being injured. But.
but they did it in a, hey, that brawl on SmackDown injured him. Okay, that's fine. That's good. You don't have to say any other reason. I think that's fine. But they didn't get into much about why now all of a sudden this is a singles match for the tag team titles, which I guess is okay. It's not, you know, think about this. Here's how I rationalize in my brain. A tag team tables, a tag team ladder match is not really a tag team match. It's it's four guys, or in this case, six guys in a ring, ladders all over the place. You're trying, it's a free for all. It's not a tag team match. A tag team match is when you're on the outside of the ring and you got to tag yourself in. If, if it's not a tag team match, it's not a tag team match. You know what I mean? So I guess that's how I rationalized why yeah, it's not, you know, is it really that big of a deal? And it was a good match. They went with Morrison, Kofi, and Jimmy Uso. Triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And it was great, you know. This, is, this match is an example of why. I hate to, to say something that 98% of the people listening will disagree with, but I really mean it. And I've said this before. This is another example of why Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels is overrated. Because pound for pound, was this ladder match worse? Was it the same? Was it better? This was better. And that's my only point. Sean Razor doesn't hold the test of time. It was a very good match for its time. I was there. I loved it. It was original. That's my only point. And I think it's a fair point. If you compare it to modern day ladder matches, it comes up as, okay, this was a very good match. And what I actually liked about this match is that they gave you an ending I don't think we've ever seen before. You go up and you've got all three guys trying to get the hanger that holds the two belts. And I was also curious, is it going to be both belts up there or one of the tag team titles? And so I'm trying to think who had it first. I think that Kofi had it or maybe Jimmy Uso had it. And then they're all fighting for it. And then Morrison falls down on the one of the chairs that were set up or one of the ta- uh, ladders that were set up. I get my my plate, my things confused. And then they drop the belt. The belt falls off of the hanger. The belt isn't actually caught by John Morrison, but the other two schmucks are at the top of the ladder holding the hanger while I guess Morrison is near the belts, picks up the belts. Boom, he's the winner. Is that even the rule? Because I've often wondered... If you will get the hanger, do you win or do you need to get the belts to win? Well, that I guess it was answered tonight. You need the belts. It was a very weird ending. But you know what? It was actually a good ending. You know, we could sit here and nitpick it and say, what are the actual rules? But then we remind ourselves this is professional wrestling. It's a way to keep the heel group winning, Morrison and Miz, right? Which they should give them a nice little extended run. I have no problem with them winning. It's giving them a win in a weird way, a creative way, and a different way. No problem with it. Good match. Now let's get to what everyone agrees is the match of the night. Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was, it was a great match. It was a great match. It was the moment where I said, more so than even earlier in the show, they really can do this for a while. The empty arena shows. Let guys perform, give them time, and have a good wrestling match. And you know what? You'll forget that there aren't a lot of people there. And by a lot of people, I mean nobody. And that's what this match did. Are there some awkwardnesses to it? Yeah, because when Seth initially got, and I could be wrong about this. 
Maybe I have to rewind, which I'm not going to do. Maybe you'll do it. I am not going to rewind tonight's WrestleMania. But when Seth hit Owens with the ring bell, I thought Seth was the one saying, ring the bell, as if he was asking to be disqualified. And maybe that was the gimmick, that he was kind of begging to be disqualified. And never for a second did I think the match was ending in a DQ. Never. This isn't WrestleMania 2, where half the match is ending a count that or DQ. That's not going to happen at WrestleMania 36. So I never thought that would happen. Owens, of course, says, come on, no way. Let's go no DQ. And that's when the match got even better. Obviously, the spot of the night is going to be Kevin Owens jumping off of the WrestleMania sign onto Rollins through the table. And then the ending was kind of cool. This is where I thought hearing the wrestlers actually was cool. In the latter match, you heard trash talk. Jimmy Uso, like, the whole time is talking trash. But in this match, right before Owens puts the stunner on Seth Rollins, Rollins says, Kevin, it doesn't need to be like this. And then Kevin stuns him and gets the victory. And you know what? For me, that worked. I like that. It was one of those aspects where I said, brain, self, what I, I actually don't speak like that. I'm literally just thinking. I'm thinking, you know what? There are cool aspects of the empty crowd. And that was one of them. Because you really don't hear that kind of stuff if there's a crowd there. Great match. Hell of a match. I started thinking during the match how Seth Rollins is undefeated at WrestleMania, and I thought that for a good five minutes. I was like, wait a second. When he was on the Shield, they won both of their matches. I remember they fought uh, Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus at 29. They beat the New Age Outlaws and Kane at 30. He won the title at 31, right? He beat Triple H at 33, he beat Miz and Finn Balor at 34. I'm like, wait a second. This son of a bitch is undefeated. He beat Brock at 35. And then I remembered, wait a second. At 31, he had that match against Randy Orton. I think it was the opening match of the night or was one of the early matches that night. Randy had one of his best RKO out of nowheres. And he actually lost that match. So then I realized he wasn't undefeated at WrestleMania. And then Owens beat him. So now, now he's lost a couple of matches at WrestleMania. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Still getting over a cough. It was more than a cough. I thought I, I thought I was sick, man. I had throat issues, sore throat, coughing. I was freaking out. I thought I had the virus. Luckily, it was not, but I still have the lingering cough. So excuse me for one second. <coughs> All right, thank you. Braun Strowman, Bill Gober. <sighs> I'm going to try to remain calm. Actually, I'm going to swig of water, and then I'm going to probably scream. Hold on. Okay, I have no problem with Roman Reigns not wrestling. No human has a problem with Roman Reigns not wrestling. Roman Reigns battled leukemia. Roman Reigns is a cancer survivor. Roman Reigns shouldn't be in the match. I have zero problem with that. I have to make that clear because people don't understand what I'm about to say and they don't connect it with the fact that I have no issue Roman Reigns isn't wrestling. My issue is not with Roman Reigns. My issue is with the WWE. Give us a reason. You want to tell us the truth? That's fine. Roman Reigns is not clear to wrestle, or it's not a good decision for Roman Reigns to wrestle. That's totally fine. You want to write a storyline thing in, like they did when Austin got run over by the car at Survivor Series, as opposed to the fact that Austin legitimately needed, I think it was neck surgery? That's fine, too. I don't care what the reason is. You want to give me the reality? That's fine. This is the reality era. You want to give me a made-up reason? 
that's fine. All I ask is a reason. Yes, you and I know why Roman Reigns did not fight Bill Goldberg. And none of us have a problem with it. But if you're the WWE, please give the people a reason. And they gave none of it. And Triple H embarrassed himself on TV last week. Because for Triple H to go on TV and say, let the storyline play out as if there's going to be a storyline was either a lie or he had no idea. Because there was no storyline. All of a sudden on SmackDown on Friday night, Michael Cole says, and now it will be Braun Strowman versus Bill Goldberg. Why? Give us a reason. We're not all that dumb. And they gave us nothing. And even during the match, they gave us nothing. Just, hey, big opportunity for Braun Strowman. He's taking on Bill Goldberg. The same Braun Strowman who lost the IC title to Sami Zayn less than a month ago. That Braun Strowman. The same Braun Strowman who had a title match against Brock Lesnar a year ago for the Royal Rumble and with very little explanation, up, he's out. Finn Balor's going to take it now. That Braun Strowman. The same Braun Strowman that lost a wrestling match to a boxer. That Braun Strowman. It shouldn't piss me off this much, but it does. It does because it didn't take much for Cole or Triple H or Stephanie or somebody to say, hey, Roman's not wrestling tonight, and here's the completely valid reason why, as opposed to just, yeah, Braun Strowman's replacing him. This was old school Vince McMahon. If I don't mention it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now, look, I... I knew and accepted that Strowman's going to win because Bill Goldberg is not coming back. And if he does, it'll, you know, they haven't planned it yet. Put it that way. If he has another match at next year's WrestleMania or SummerSlam for some big payday or some match in Saudi Arabia, it isn't planned yet. They're not keeping Bill Goldberg around. If he was willing to stick around, I would have considered keeping the belt on him. I would have. I would have considered making him the new part-time universal champion. The future of pay-per-views over the next few months are very murky. The future of Raws over the next few months are very murky. I don't think it would be that difficult to just keep the title on him so that somebody more deserving, somebody you've actually built up, gets the victory over him. Braun Strowman, just based on storylines, based on everything, was not in the... It just wasn't his moment to win the Universal title. And the match, look... What did anybody expect from a Bill Goldberg match? A couple of spears, no attempt at a jackhammer because there's no shot that was happening. Braun does a couple of big power slams and essentially squashes Bill Goldberg, becomes the universal champion. I would believe that the long-term plan, assuming Roman Reigns can come back in a safe way, would be for those two to feud again, maybe with Braun as a heel. Short-term, if there is a short term, I don't know. It just, it, it, he wasn't the guy. You know, if you told me a week ago, and we knew a week ago, hey, Roman Reigns can't wrestle Bill Goldberg. Totally understandable. And you said, all right, Evan, pick someone that makes sense from a storyline perspective and somebody that's going to take the belt off of Bill Goldberg because Goldberg's not sticking around. My answer would have been Daniel Bryan. It would have been Daniel Bryan because people like him. It would have been Daniel Bryan because I actually think he could have gotten a five-minute match out of Bill Goldberg, like a decent one. 
This wasn't a match. This was a couple of power moves. Let's call it a day. <laughs> and look, maybe that's all you think Bill Goldberg can do. I think Brian could have gotten a little bit more out of him. And I think Daniel Bryan is universal champion. Everybody respects it, even with where he is storyline-wise. Like I mentioned earlier, wins and losses may not matter to him. And he could put on a good show over the next few months, defending that title in probably empty arena matches. So he would have been my guy if it was up to me. And I think it would have made sense considering he just had a feud with Bray Wyatt. And maybe you eventually get Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt feuding again. And maybe the belt ends up back with Bray Wyatt. Who the hell knows? Bottom line is, Strowman wasn't the right guy. That's the bottom line. So overall, how was the show? I thought it was okay. I just thought the ending, the Undertaker AJ Styles thing, was awful. Now, I went on Twitter and I set up a poll. And maybe the poll wasn't worded the best. But I, I tweeted out, does WrestleMania suck? That's how I phrased it. And I gave you four choices. I gave you... Actually, it's been good. Eh, at least it's something. It sucks, and I hate wrestling. Because there are a lot of people on Twitter who mock me and everyone else for even talking about wrestling. You know, how could you like wrestling? Wrestling's awful. So I did want to at least put that as an option. And that received 23% of the vote, which I think makes a lot of sense. I figured the number would be a little bit higher, but 23% of the electorate said, I don't like wrestling, so we can move them uh, kind of away from the rest of the question. 31% said it sucks. 30% said, eh, at least it's something. And 16% said it's actually been pretty good. So maybe I could have cut out the I hate wrestling thing. I don't know. Maybe I could have phrased it differently. But based on that unscientific Twitter poll, it seemed like a lot of people thought it sucked. And it was split between, I think it sucks. And you know what? I appreciated it's something. My answer for the first two and a half hours would have been, it's actually been good. But that AJ Undertaker thing moved me into, eh, at least it's something. I, I couldn't go all the way to it sucks because, look, I watched the whole thing. It, it didn't suck. I mean, the last match sucked, but that shouldn't define the entire night. It, it, was, <laughs> it was different. I'll tell you something I did like, and I think most people would feel this way. Three hours, because it was straight up three hours. I didn't watch the pre-show. Seven o'clock and straight up at 10 o'clock. Very reasonable amount of time. You know, five hours, four hours, it's a lot. And it does make me think, and I'll spend more time on this on a future podcast, that maybe the two-night WrestleMania has a future. That there's a lot of potential with it because it does allow matches to breathe. It puts more people on the card. And I think for us... It's better, I think it's better to spend two nights of three hours than one night of five hours. And notice, two hours of three, two of three is six hours. So you actually get more programming, but you split it up, it's a little bit more enjoyable. So there you go. That was uh, night one of WrestleMania. We'll be back for night two of WrestleMania, which obviously features John Cena. It features Edge against Randy Orton. It features Brock Lesnar against Drew McIntyre. So plenty of appealing matches for night two. But that has been the WrestleMania 36 night one instant reaction. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.